Hello and welcome to Joe Talks Comics. This is the podcast where I talk with friends about the comics I've been reading and enjoying lately, plus occasional solo episodes and character interviews. This one is an exciting one because to celebrate the 25th episode of the podcast, the monthly roundup is back after a two-month hiatus where I talked with Zion Elsnick about the comics we enjoyed in January and February. You can find him on Instagram at Stein Elsnick Art, on Twitter at C Elsnick. And yeah, as I mentioned in the episode, I won't belabor the point, but because I had so many conversations with creators scheduled for February, I just didn't have room to release a January 2023 episode. So I thought, you know what, I'll just sort of mid March, I'll I'll combine both of them and do like an extra episode talking about both of them at once and yeah I, I can't believe it's 25 episodes into the podcast already that's incredible um thank you everyone for your support so far i know it's definitely been inflated a bit with all the, co- the crazy conversations i've had over the past couple of months so that's obviously gotten the numbering up, up a bit but even still it, it's really fun to have um picked up the pace in that sense and really got things going in the new year since 2023 started. So, yeah, here's to the next 25 and beyond. I hope you enjoy the episode, as always, and I'll see you on the other side. Zion, I was Nick. Welcome to the podcast. It's good to have you here. I'm the one that finally came around. Yeah, totally. Happy to be here. So, before we get into it, how did you get into comics in the first place? I'm always curious to find out. About that when I have a new guest on the show. Yeah, totally. Um, so with comics, like my dad, he always had like uh, old ones. Um, so like a lot of like the really old Batman ones. Um, he had like a lot of Legends of the Dark Knight stuff like that. Um, nice. and then I, I tried reading those, but like I was really young, so I just didn't really care for the story, and I was kind of just like, ooh, images. Um, and then I think like around when I was like thirteen. Um, I started reading, uh, Scott Snyder's, um, new 52 Batman and that just like hooked me in like just instantly. Um, so it, definitely a big reason I got into comics because like before I didn't really know if they could tell a, a story I would be interested in. And yeah, that, that one really uh, opened my eyes. Right. Yeah. Nice. That, that is a fantastic run. I've only read the first on the best so far, but I'm excited to get the second one eventually and read the rest because I, I love his, um, Scott's other writing, like on the Justice League, and of course with like two metals with Capullo as well, and just uh, various other things he's written. So yeah, him yeah. and Capullo got to be like my favorite duo when it comes to comics. I mean, there's a lot of other good ones, but I don't. I think it's just because they got me into comics, so I have a soft spot for or soft spot for him. That's yeah. It was a similar thing with uh, when I, I I was honored to talk to like Francis Manipal about like Claire, that new book that came out mm-hmm. a few weeks ago this release probably and it's like part of it is just because i have such a soft spot for him and brian bratellato's and um, flash new 52 run first half of that run because that got me into comics but then it's also like it is like genuinely like phenomenal as well so it's sort of like a twofold thing when it's like part um having like a special connection and then part just germany because he's amazing yeah totally I, I read. Um, I remember reading the first volume of that of uh, the New Fifty Two Flash, and I, I love that one. But I could never get my hands on the second volume, which I was always like, ah, nice. Yeah, yeah. It, it 
it's a very fun run with everything from like with like like, the robes and the gorilla grod and like a new version of the reverse flash it's uh, lots of good fun stuff there but uh, it almost feels a bit like one of the more overlooked two titles at times oh yeah totally i know like um i i know the uh, superman batman one were pretty big and then i think yeah just league was also another like really big everyone was focusing on that but yeah no that flash run oh my gosh i loved it I need to get that second volume. So, yeah, today we're going to be talking about all of the comics we enjoyed in the first two months of the year, January and February. And it's exciting because I I probably won't mention it in the intro if I'm um, talking about it here, but maybe only briefly. But because in February, I you might have noticed everyone, anyone's listening that you did, there wasn't a like January 2023 with so-and-so because I just simply had too many, not too many, but... I mean, too many for this purposes of like creator interviews on the schedule yeah. that I physically didn't have room for a January 2023 episode. So I was like, you know what, let's just like mid March combine a like a January and February episode. So uh, on on that note, I'll try to be mindful of not having it go on too long because we're doing two months, but it should still be fun at least. All right. So I was thinking the way I I've only done this format um, that's sort of tightened up a bit with with the December picks but if that if this sounds good to you I was thinking we could stick with the idea of I don't know if you have the, the comic geeks but I, I find that quite handy because then I can look week by week what's coming out and what, what we did the with the December one of Joe Corrado back in January is I just read out all of my picks from a week and then and you did the same and then we just talked about anything that sort of arises from them that we think we want to talk about okay yeah i i have the app i'll, I'll pull it up right now uh right i have my polls up nice so just to start with it it's fun because it, it just feels like so long ago since i started the year i think i've got a on my instagram i've got like a highlight of all the different weekly pulls so far and same thing on the league of comic geeks so i've got a list of all my weekly pulls so where what, what is it like yeah like this is like the 11th we're recording on the 11th new comic per day of the year and so like to go back to the start and like see all those things just feels like so long ago even if it was only the months ago and rambling but so on january 4th the first new comic per day of the year i picked up batman fantastic four or batman 131 fantastic four 3 ko4 and spider-man 4 and th- that was a fun week because you have like three like heavy hitters with like Batman, Fantastic Four, and Spider Man, and then it's just like really fun indie book by Wes Craig, artist of Deadly Class, and both sort of like very uh, entertaining. Um, especially Fantastic Four. I don't know if you've been reading the current run, but I've loved it. And K has been a really nice like indie book, so the more people should be checking out the sort of pop art and um like fantasy adventure, but not like that heavy, but. Yeah, it's been fun so far. I've been uh, I've been wanting to get into the um, fantastic book, but I don't know. I just never like picked it up. But I, I should uh, definitely check it out. Do you know if it has like a volume yet or no? I'm not sure if it if it does yet. The first arc just recently concluded, so hopefully soon. Let's see. Although yeah, on the, again on the League of Comic Geeks, it says the first volume should be out in July. So it's still oh, a bit okay. to go. But, yeah, I'll, I'll probably see if I can find some issues at my comic shop then. Yeah. What did you pick up on, on that week? Um. So yeah, the first week, January fourth, uh, I had a really, really small poll. I only got the um, new Batman issue, so Batman one thirty one, which is by um, Zdarsky, and yeah, I, I love it. 
it uh, it was you know continuing off his last run where Batman basically fights a Terminator and it is just a blast. It is. I remember there was one of the issues where it, it was like Batman fights a Terminator with a lightsaber effectively. I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is incredible. Like I think Zdarsky just really knows like like. It feels like a fan writing a Batman story at some points where he just knows exactly like what the people want and just like all the cool moments we want to see. And it's just awesome. Yeah. But, yeah. Really enjoying that run. Yeah. It has a really fun like blockbuster feel. To it. it feels like grand and epic. And it's been nice how the, the current arc has sort of got, gone a bit smaller. It, 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 I mean, it feels still feels like quite grand in scale, but it's more like character focused. Whereas the last one was more of like a summer blockbuster in terms of its action. The, the current arc is more, again, yeah, like that is sort of character focused and more about like Bruce and his place in Gotham and how that it impacts like that the current status quo that he's in during the storyline. It's a, it's an interesting one. Yeah, totally. Really great book. Um, Which... and then yeah, pretty much like no other polls. I did read a lot of like volumes, but yeah. I mean, yeah, we can we can talk a bit about um other things we read over the past couple of months a bit later. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if I was allowed to bring up something that was kind of old. Oh, I mean, I mean, I suppose you could just mention it now if you, if you wanted to. What, just to, oh, okay. Um, it's been so, more natural conversation flow, I think. Yeah. Um, so the volumes I picked up, it was all of like the uh, image stuff. Um, and they're having that sale, I think that was in January, for um, like Barnes & Noble, and it was buy one, get one free. So I got like four comics. Um, and uh, the two I read were, uh, uh, out, out of the four I got, I haven't read the other two. It was um, Noctera and uh, Assassination. And like, both those are really good. Like, I, I was having such a blast with those. Especially Assassination. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that comic. Nice. Have is you... that the one, is that the one by Carl Starks? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'd have to yeah, check I need to read volumes. That. Yeah, no, Assassination's really fun. Same with, same with Noctera. Um, I didn't get super far in Noctera. I got kind of like preoccupied with some other things, but yeah, Noctera was a, it was a fun idea. I feel like whenever I read like a Scott Snyder book, he always has like really interesting ideas in there and like they, they always pull me in. Yeah, exactly. I know like Noctera, I've read the first arc of that and it was a lot of fun. So I need to go back and read more. I think it just, um, well, today as we're filming it, as we're recording this, but it'll probably be last week as if you're listening to this on the week it comes out, but Noctara just recently came back for a third arc, so I definitely need to catch up on that, because the first arc was a lot of fun. Yeah, totally. Should I move on to, uh, like, what I had January 18th? I was just going to ask quickly, actually, what do you think of the um, current art and the current Batman art? Because uh, I know that it's different, too, because, oh, here came in as off doing Nemesis Reloaded with Mark Millar, and so we've got yeah. Mike Hawthorne on, on this current art, which is... It's still good, in my opinion, at least, but it's definitely different. Yeah, I think it was definitely, like, I'm just so used to, um, like, uh, not, not Chip Zdarsky, but Jorge Jimenez. I'm so used to, like, his art that it was just, it, it was a, it was a bit of a, I don't know, just a shock. Although I'm, I'm really enjoying the art on the uh, new stuff. It's, it's not bad at all. Just Jorge Jimenez was on Batman for so long. That's like, oh, whoa. It's just yeah. kind of surprising. Yeah, exactly. Did you not pick your thing up on the week of the 11th, then, of January? Uh, no, I don't think so. Mine just skips to uh, January 18th. Although, I don't know if, um, I've been reading, uh, oh god, what's the, uh, Canary? That was a Comixology, oh, yes. um, original. Um, and I, I don't know if, uh, if that came out, like, around that week, but, yeah. Nice, I need to re- catch up on those, 
Um, I mean, we talked a bit about style already with those comicsology titles because I read the first like wave, just a wave as it came out with We Have Demons, like the Golden Clear, but then I haven't read any of the like data books that have come out since then, just do they? Yeah, no, Canary's definitely a fun one. It's way more like horror like, which um, yeah, I, I but... didn't know Scott Snyder was like good at horror. I mean, I should have because uh, when he wrote Joker, it was absolutely terrifying. Um, so yeah, Canary was, it was a, I, I love that book. Great book. Nice. On the, uh, I did it a slightly bigger week on the week of the 11th with All Against All 2, Human Target 10, Little Monsters 9, Miles Morales Spider Man 2, and Something's Kin and Children 28. And again, lots of good stuff there. There's some, a couple of um, big two books of that Human Target by DC. Tom King, Greg Small, that were that recently wrapped up towards the end of February, and the the Marvel's book has been a lot of fun. Oh, has it? I re- yeah, I, I remember I, I when it was first listed because the the Saladin Ahmed run, which I started back in 2018 or whatever it was. Um, I yeah, uh, I tried that was like when I was first getting into comics, like what single issues. So mm. I tried the few issues of that, and I just couldn't get into it. So then I was excited to when the new series was solicited. And I sort of put the issue, first issue on my pull list. I wasn't really sure what to expect, so it was a bit of a blind, like because I didn't, I didn't really have any experience with the the creative team, because it's Cody Ziegler and Federico Vincentini and Brian Fernandez on colours. Yes, so um, I, I, and I was like, this is really fun. It's the the artwork is really cool. Cause it's nice and like dynamic and like vibrant and the sort of thing that you would really hope for from a Spider-Man book. It's just got so much energy to it, and the story's been great so far as well. So I'm excited to read more of that. Is uh is is that Miles' book the one where he's like um I don't is he fighting clones in that one? No, although I think that was a thing in the previous run. I, I oh, know okay, Spider okay. Gwen's. I think Spider Gwen's been fighting lots of clones recently. Oh, all right. Yeah, I need to check out that Miles book. I I've seen like the new costume. I mean, that came out a while ago, but the the new costume looks absolutely awesome. Right. Well, yeah, because there was the. Yeah, it was interesting because they they had towards the end of the Solid and Armored run, they had the old not sorry not the old that they had like a new costume for him. I think that's what you mean. And then at the start of this one, he's just wearing like the original one again. And I actually. I like the 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 new costume he had, but I do prefer the the old one. But it is kind of odd when someone pointed out that they didn't really get, give a reason why, like in the story, why he changed back that that I could see and that they could see. So but, I bet I it's know. just like creator choice. Yeah, exactly. Sort of like refresh of the character with a new run to start, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's definitely very interesting. Yeah, and I, I don't know how much. Um, there's also some like great indie titles going on at the moment. Like, I mean, like like Jeff Lemire and Justin Wen are um quite renowned in sort of separately, I suppose, in the comics industry nowadays. But I need I need to read their Descender and Ascender by them because I had a lot of good things. But Little Monsters has been interesting. Something as Kind of Children is just sort of still growing strong and teams tiny enough before. I did. Um, I did pick up the first issue of Something's Killing the Children, but then I just like I, I just forgot about it. Like next month, I went Fair in enough. and I just forgot to add it to my pull box. But I, I remember liking the first issue, so I'll, I'll definitely need to check that out. Yeah, and it, it's fun with the the artwork by Walter Deladero and coloring by Miquel Miato and the by Animal Design, where they have. The, I was reading in the back of the deluxe hardcover the first fifteen issues they had where. They talked about the decision about how the, all the panel borders <clears throat> sorry, are, are really thick, which is something that I never sort of quite realised before, because I 
like noticed it, but I didn't quite process it for some reason. Uh, so and it just it adds to the whole. It has a very cinematic um, feel to it. So that's always been an interesting read. Yeah, I, I do love when like when there's just like little details or just minor things in comics that they change, like where it's just different from the norm enough. Like so, you know, you, you can just like feel that's different, tell that's different. And it just it just adds flair to you know the comic. Yeah, and then. The final one, just before we move on to the week of the 18th. All Against All has been a really, again, sort of interesting and fun, fun read, tends to be the words I uh, I often use. But the the ideas are like, really wild. I'm not, I'm not sure if high concept is the right phrase, but it's the sort of book where it requires, like, I feel like I have to concentrate a bit more when I read it compared to other things. And I, I mean that in a good way, but just the way yeah. that, because I haven't had much experience with Alex Peckmadale's writing but i adored casper wingard's art on uh, homesick pilots uh, and of course i've seen a lot of praise for astronauts main our house lettering um but yeah just like it's so like wild and, and vibrant and the ideas are, are just it's one of those things when i generally don't know how people like like think of these things because they're just so like like wild and yeah i don't know how else to describe it it's quite an interesting one to describe yeah no like totally it's it's just like yeah a lot of the i feel like a lot of the image books um i mean like the big two are definitely they'll have some really interesting ideas but i feel like image books always just kind of have like those really just like crazy ideas where like some of them can be really simple like um what what was the name of that book it was the um wrestling book and i think it, it wrapped up pretty recently um the indie one do a power bomb yeah, do a powerbomb, that one. It's like, it's a really like simple idea of people just like fighting, you know, but, um, and, and kind of just doing like a, a giant uh, tournament arc with it. But it's just fun and it feels like really fresh and original, even though it's like, it's kind of similar to stuff I've seen before. And I'm just like, I, yeah, I don't know how they like come up with these ideas. Yeah. And it sort of speaks to the idea that I always think about with, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's work and the other creators where they, have these ideas, but they still manage to make them, especially with um, Daniel Warren Johnson. Like, it's so emotional. It's the most, like, wildest thing, craziest thing you ever read. And yet you're, like, crying by the end because the artwork has so much, like, energy and vibrancy in it, but it's not just, like, like an empty, like, blockbuster, like, flick. It, there's so much, like, emotion character behind it and the fact that it's not able to have like both is something that I always love and it's such like a perfect balance for me that I always really enjoy in, in comics in general. Yeah, totally. It's just like when when like the art is just like that great and it's like even though there's like a lot of action, they can still manage to tell like just a really good story that makes you like care about the characters. It's just it's it's always nice. Yeah. Sure. Now going on, what books did you pick up on, on the week of the 18th of January. So the 18th is another small week, but it was uh, one of my favorite comics, um, which I got Nightwing 100, which I absolutely loved. That book is just great. Nice. Yeah. I, no, I did pick up Nightwing 100. I, uh, I thought it was, it was good. I, I had to, um, well, I mean, I didn't have to, but uh, I decided to, to take that off to, to focus on other things and like reprioritize my mm-hmm. poor list elsewhere. But it's definitely one that I enjoyed 
well, I, I did, I was reading it and, and it's something that I'm definitely going to have to revisit someday, but uh, sometimes, yeah, you just need a bit of a change and um, you need to start switch it up a bit. Yeah, that's totally fair. How about you? What'd you pull? Uh, yeah, so Batman Superman World's Finest, issue 11, uh, Batman mm-hmm. One Bad Day, Bane, uh, House of Slaughter, 11, because uh, now we 100, and What's the Furthest Place from Here, issue 10. So, uh, again, I find... And I, I talked a bit about this with my um, like comic book store one time when my pools these days tend to be quite balanced. Yeah. Uh, early on, in when I was like first getting into re- reading comics like week to week, it was sort of very Marvel and DC focused, and then I sort of um, got more into like, like image titles and some like Boom Studios titles with like, something like Skinner Children and House of Slaughter books. And then these what? days, oh, wait, so sorry. It, 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 sorry, it tends to be maybe not half and half always, but sometimes there'll be weeks where it's like half and half Marvel and DC and then and then another half like image and, and boom or whatever. Mm-hmm. What's uh what like what's interesting with mine is I kind of did the opposite where like when I went in, um I knew that I liked image. Um and cause like I started reading uh, uh like spawn and stuff like that. Um and I didn't know about Invincible yet, but later I read all that. Um but yeah, no, like I start out with image and then I kind of slowly like just by picking up like main titles, I went over to like Marvel and DC a little more, although I still get a lot of image books. Um, but I did forget uh, I, I did get the um, One Bad Day Bane. I just don't have it marked here, which I don't know why. But yeah, that, that, that one was a good book. I love the art in it. Yeah, that was a really uh, try not to use it, interesting again, but because uh, I've been quite selective in what the one bad day books that i i pick up because obviously they're like eight dollars or mm. and whatever the, the conversion for that is for, for anyone because i know it's slightly different here but anyway tangent i digress <laughs> um so yeah i picked up the the regular one back in with august when just, just because of like king and, and gerard's I, I had to like check it out because it just sounded really great. Yeah, and then I on like the next few that went by with like Two Face and Mister Freeze and, and Penguin. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I might go back and pick up the Mister Freeze one, but uh, apart from that, I sort of heard mixed things about. Yeah, those. I I've been picking up all of them, and I think the um the Penguin one is a little hit and miss. I think it just wasn't personally for me. I don't think it's a bad comic by any means. Like the art is great, and the story was like it was there. Um, but I I think like my favorites so far have been the um, Clayface, Bane, and uh, Riddler one. Those ones are just, I don't know. I feel like they kind of just, they make the villains so much more interesting. While some of the other ones, it kind of just feels like another Batman story. Like, I, I it was kind of like um, like when Tom King kicked off the uh, One Bad Day thing. And like the ending in the Riddler book was just insane. Um, so it was like, I was kind of just expecting the rest from all the other stories to just have like, I don't know, just something that I wouldn't expect. Um, but yeah, no, not, not all of them have been that for me. Yeah. And it's been, uh, I've been curious to see that like looking at the, like the praise for each one or, or not necessarily praise, but just the, the reaction to each one as someone who hasn't been like picking up all of them and seeing, cause there are some of them, which people feel like they're like actually doing something like really yeah unique with the character that's actually different and sort of utilizes the concept a bit and sort of stretches it a bit. Whereas some of the others I've heard just compared to like overpriced like prestige annuals or n- nothing like particularly 
um, spectacular what was they still might be good stories mm-hmm. yeah I, I definitely think some of them it's like it, I just kind of wish that like I, I like maybe got like somewhere else or just kind of like waited I don't know if they're ever going to do like a um, like turn it into a volume um, or a hardcover or anything like that just a collective version of all of them but yeah so, some of them I kind of just wish I read like a little later and didn't really pick up that month yeah because Bane was one that I, I was probably the next one I was most tempted by, both in terms of the the character and the creative team, because I, I always think Bane is such a cool character. I know. I love Bane, yeah. I know that Tom King's Batman run is sort of very controversial to some people, but uh, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the way that um, he sort of got he wanted to focus on, on Bane. Dude, yeah, in, the in that run, the city of Bane stuff, and the like. I am Bane, like all that was just so. It, like you said, it's definitely a controversial run, and and I I can definitely see with like uh, some of the issues there. It was kind of like very hit or miss. But I think the Bane stuff, for me at least, felt like very solid all the way through. Yeah, it was a, a maybe slightly unique way that I read that run, where. I got what was it like issues like thirty seven through like maybe like sixty uh, maybe I don't know it must have been like late fifties terms of issue wise so that was like a solid chunk of that like, middle of the run that I was gifted by my uncle because he didn't want them anymore mm-hmm. and then I th- there was like a Batman Day comicsology sale I remember so I managed to like, pick up the like, the first few volumes like leading up to the, that um, issue like thirty seven or whatever it was. I could just like read on on Comicsology. So, and then once the Nightmares arc was over, which to be fair, I, I still haven't read that arc because it, it was the point where I it, it wasn't included in like, the issues I was gifted because it was it hadn't happened yet. But then also I didn't jump onto the title until issue seventy. Oh but, yeah. So that's sort of part of the, the one part of the run that I haven't really gone back and read but it, it, yeah it was fun getting to like jump on that title right as it was all t- starting to reach its climax and yeah i just remember really loving that like city of bane store as like reading it as it was coming out and everything mm-hmm. yeah no city city of bane was just uh yeah great great story like it was just fun and like i feel like sometimes uh some writers when they're when they're writing bane uh they'll kind of just turn him into like just a meathead character so it's always nice when someone just makes him like smart, um, which like it, it'll happen in some comics. But like I said, I just I just think some of them he like gets kind of dumbed down, even though he's supposed to be like a really good strategist. And like he always feels like a really good foil to Batman. Just like like, you know, both of them are like pretty strong, but they're also like both really smart. So just like two tacticians fighting against each other is just it, it's always something fun. And I think Tom King really took advantage of that. Yeah, definitely. And th- that's definitely something not to spoil it too much, but something that I feel was nice seeing how it was highlighted in the issue and maybe this is uh, I'm sure part of this is just because the, the Riddle and Paint ones were the only ones that I uh, I picked up mm-hmm. but uh, I thought in some senses where like where the Riddler one went like, a lot darker mm-hmm. where the Bean one again not to spoil it so went to more of like a lighter tone and like, like a lighter sort of like the opposite end of the like tonal spectrum by the end so yeah and i'm sure that i'm sure that helps that um mitch grads has like a very like dark and moody style whereas howard porter kind of a very sort of like more like bright and kinetic style so 
those things obviously play into it, but I just, I thought that was a fun comparison when I read Bane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, like, one of the things that I really love about the um, One Bad Day stuff is just that, like, it's not just one person writing it, it's just, you get so many different creative teams, and just all the books always have, like, like a very unique feel, like, like you were saying with, like, Riddler, it's like, it goes really dark, like, especially at the end, Um, and then, yeah, some of the other books, it's like, I think Penguin also, that one, it went, like, a little lighter, and it's like, like, there were some dark moments, but it wasn't, like, super like edgy all the way through and it's just it's always kind of nice because you never know like what you're gonna get which can be a bad thing but sometimes it's really fun yeah and then uh, of course i mentioned batman superman world's finest which uh, i know has, has been a sort of fan favorite comic that is quite beloved to lots of people they've been have been reading like wade and um like wade and dan laura and tamra bumbin and and it's been a, such a, a cool title to just like check out every month, like a boost of joy and comics fun. I have to check. Um, I'm I'm pulling it up right now, but I I do have a few of the issues. I'm trying to see where I left off. Um, uh, but yeah, no, that run was like I remember. Um, when it first came out, I didn't like. I love Dan Moore as an artist, but some of the projects he's in, I'm just not like a big fan of. Like his art is real, like always there, but. I was kind of kind of iffy. Um, okay, I got to issue eight, but yeah, no, it like, dude, that run is it's great. I love it. Like, like you said, it's just kind of like just a boost of joy whenever I like get to mm-hmm. read it. It's just like you just can't have a bad time reading it. Yeah, again, the art is <laughs> almost what's like could like beam like positivity and, and sunlight sometimes with how like vibrant and just like bright the the artwork is. It is so awesome. There's so much. Atmosphere. It's like like a cartoon, like animated and Mm -hmm. yeah. It definitely reminds me of like some of the earlier comics that like I got into, um, Mm. where it's like I don't know. It just kind of has that same feeling of just like yeah, it's it's all very bright and just like there's like high contrast on everything, and it just yeah, it just looks great. Like everything on the page just really pops, and it's like. That's definitely because of Dan Morris or uh, Dan Mora, and um, I don't know who the colorist is for it, but they're doing an amazing job too. And then, uh, yeah, Mark Mark Wade, his his writing is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, the the colorist Tamara Bonvillain, she worked with Dan Mora on um, Once in Future at Boom Studios, written by Karen Gillan. So, and the, uh, I've only read ho- the first half of that series, but. That was that that was a another really great one that I think wrapped up. No, last year, twenty the year before, I can't remember now. But yeah, I I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember like when when I stopped seeing it in stores. But it was like yeah, I, I think definitely sometimes last sometime last year. Was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that looks like it was last last year, late last year. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, <clears throat> I know I've sort of highlighted a few fun indie books already, but what's the feathers place? From here it has been one of the most like consistently intriguing titles on my pull list where the, like each issue there there are sometimes some answers to the your questions if you're lucky and then also just like more questions and how the story is like progress there's uh, a lot of elements to it but again with another one with lettering by astronauts main how how but it's got a really strong like visual identity and if it, it feels very creative in the way that it's done it, they have in most of the issues they've had like like chapters like between like things in, in the issues and it, it's got a, a really cool i guess aesthetic to it that i'm all excited to dig into every time it comes out yeah 
Um, I've seen some of the uh, some of the art from it, and uh, who, who's the artist working on that one again? Um, Tyler Boss, yeah, Matthew Rosenberg and Tyler Boss. Yeah, dude, it, it is just yeah, the art like always just looks really great on that one too, and just like yeah, some of the like or not some of them, I'd say like most of the image books like I don't know, they're they're just great, like all the all the creator owned ones. I'm just I, I always have a blast with them. Yeah, House of Slaughter is one that. Uh, I've had some mixed feelings about it as a series. Uh, I mm-hmm. believe the, the, the current arc is written by yeah, Tate Bromble, by Antonio Fuso, and yeah, Michael Mikato on, on colours and what design the letter is, etc. And because I, I thought the first arc was good, but it, I, I thought it could have been better. But then I loved the second arc and the direction it took, and then the third arc has sort of brought us back to a character that was introduced in the first arc. So that's been sort of... Because after the first arc, we weren't really sure if we were going to see that new character again. So to have that third arc like, refocus on him, it's been good to see. I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm like... I, I think um, after that, I think my next week is probably January 25th, if we can um, jump to that. Yeah, yeah. All right, Ooh. so uh, for for that week... Um, yeah, I don't... I, I don't really use the um, uh, the Comic Geeks app. I need to more, um, but I, I kind of just use it to like search up comics I know I'm gonna get. That's um, bad. But uh, the two I have marked listed on, or I have listed on here, although there's probably some other ones I picked up that I just don't remember, um, is Infernal Girl Red number one and uh, Junkyard Joe uh, number four, and um, those those are both the, like the Infernal Girl Red. I think just. Anything massive verse, I'm just falling in love with. And also, you can look at the at the new comics page for a particular, particular week that will show you like all the comics released from like, a publisher in that week if you need to refresh it as well. Oh, does it? All right, try and pull that up. But yeah, I haven't been. Uh, I've mostly been reading Radiant Black, but mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of like great things in the Discord, of course, about like Inferno Go Red and the the various other mini-series, so I'm definitely excited to check that out when the trade eventually releases. I would say another one you should definitely check out, if you haven't already, is um, Rogue Sun. That one is just, it's really good. Like, yes. the writing in it is just phenomenal. I read the the, the first arc of that, and that was a good read. Mm-hmm. The, I think it was issue 7, where they had the Choose Your Own, adve- choose your own Adventure. That was such um, a fun original idea, I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the last issue I read, so that's definitely something I need to, to go back to. But that was just, that was, I was really creative, as you say, with how it was done and making sure that it all fit together and like, flowed properly and mm-hmm. wasn't all um, like messy. That actually sort of logically it worked was, yeah, I, yeah, it must have been a really complicated um, thing to pull off and just sort of speak to the, the commitment of the massive vast titles and what they've been doing with uh, beyond just the like, comics and everything that's been going on especially with the launch of no one nowadays yeah i'm, I'm excited for that i think that came out today right for no one yeah 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 uh, yeah it's a recording on the, the 15th so I need to pick that one up but yeah no like all the all the massive verse books it's just like they all feel really just like original and like they they don't just write a comic they like do something really unique with it where it's like um like with rogue Sun, like the choose your own adventure or um with radiant black it's like uh one of the villains um doppler um her her power is like really 
like she'll like take words off the like page and like use them to like help someone or just change them slightly and just like really original stuff like that where it's like it's so uniquely just like a comic book that there doesn't really feel like there's much else like it yeah because they've been going beyond just the like normal issue formats where you have the existence issues because there's another one coming up the the 18 with the red yellow origin and uh, of course the way that Infernal red was like, funded via a, a kickstarter first and it now being sort of like split up well it was as a graphic novel i should say and now it's being split up into single issues before being like recollected in a like, trade and later on in the summer so mm-hmm. yeah no th- those books are just absolutely amazing i, I love all of them and Infernal Girl Red did not change that at all. That that book is it's it's another blast. It doesn't have anything like um, like you choose your own adventure so far, but I think the story just really carries it, and all the characters feels like super lovable. And just yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited to see where the uh, I have the first two. I'm excited to see where the uh, third one goes. Yeah, I mean in terms of well, I, I picked up I jumped on Action Comics starting from the that week the the twenty fourth twenty fifth mm-hmm. and. And then another issue of the Human Target, issue four of the Dove Sick, the one at BGO, as Saga re- returns that week with issue 61. Oh, yeah. And Tim Drake Robin 5, which I know, speaking of um, controversial titles, that, that I know that's been, there's been a lot of discourse around that. Yeah. With um with Human Target, is that is that one good? I, even, uh, I, I, I have like the first three issues maybe, and then I kind of just stopped. I, re- I really enjoyed it. It'd probably be like, uh, I know a lot of King books, people say read a lot better in a collected format. So it, it might be better like that to have that momentum, especially going into the final issue. Uh, I think it's probably worth giving another try, especially if they, because they released the, because it went on hiatus, like mm-hmm. six months between issues seven, six and seven. And in that time, they released like a volume one, a cover of the first like, six issues, standard size. I'll definitely check that out. And then, and then, and then I think they're going to do a volume two, but it'd be cool if they did like an all in one um, connection just to have it all in one book. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm going to definitely have to check that one out. I'm like, I think, yeah, like Tom King, I think as like a writer, um, some of his stuff gets like kind of controversial. Um, like there, yeah, there, there's definitely like a, a big side of people who are like, just they don't like it or you know uh an equally big side of just people who are like it's the best thing ever um and yeah i don't i don't know i just there wasn't really a reason for me to stop you know picking up human target i kind of just i don't know just wasn't feeling it but i'll, I'll definitely check out the volume yeah and in terms of other notes i know that um that, that issue of human target was it's interesting because each issue has well well it did take place on a day so it, it, it was it was fun to see how the that story was breaking down across the uh, twelve issues and the, the time that it was um coming out. So that was it was like an in- interesting like penultimate issue where we not 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 quite an epilogue because twelve was more of an epilogue, but where the the story was like starting to be wrapped up. Mm-hmm. I know it, uh, I I don't know how much experience you have with um saga as a series, but it, it was good to see that series return. I know, I know that it's always nice when, because the, the series has this fun thing where the time between like, hiatuses is actually like, written into like, the series. So if the series has been gone 
for like six months and about six months has, has passed in the story so oh that's cool so it, it's sort of, yeah it creates like an interesting story device when you when it like returns and i i wonder then it, so um i've i've read um for saga probably the first i think like three volumes um and and i definitely have to see if um yeah see see if i can try and catch up and then get into the uh single issues because i'd love to i mean i love the story i just like picking up volumes can be kind of expensive sometimes so i just don't do it all the time yeah yeah it, it was good i don't know i don't know how what the price of it is at the moment but it was good when i could pick up the like the first compendium they collected the first half of the series, like 56, 55, 56 issues, or however mm-hmm. many it was, when, yeah, 50, 54 issues, when it was uh, on hiatus, because then I could just catch up, and it was not necessarily very cheap, but, but like, cheaper than it would be to, like, buy the, like, all, all the different, like, nine trades or whatever, so. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll see if I can find a compendium, then. That, that sounds smart. It, uh, yeah, and it was nice, because... I don't know what you think about like, letters pages in comic books these days, but because there aren't that many um, of them now, but that, that's something that's been really fun to have when reading Saga Monthly is to have the experience of those letters pages, because obviously that's not something you get when you read it in a collective form in a compendium or whatever you read it in. So that's been a nice experience. I think the only um, few that have done like a, like a letters page is the um, massive verse stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's what, but yeah, even, even with those, it's just kind of always fun to like read other people, like their thoughts on, you know, like the latest issue or, um, see something cool that they create, whether it be like fan art or like an action figure of a character, or, uh, just anything like really cool. It's always just awesome to see. Yeah. In, in, in terms of continuing the, the the spotlight on some indies I'm picking up, or as it image comics that we might not have heard of with Love Sick by Luana Biccio, where oh, that's a very disturbing series, <laughs> but it, it creates a fun dichotomy because the art is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But the, the story is again that's all about really creepy and, and it's subtly sick, but in such an entertaining and compelling way that it's like horrifying. But I can't stop reading. It, that's always I, good. Yeah, because I, I know I um, talked about it when it first started in an episode, and also mentioned about Bolero in the uh, best comments of 2022 um, episode. So it's all fun mm-hmm. to read some of the the artists' work on her own and, and like, seeing what she's able to do yeah totally i have a quick question by the way this is, this is gonna stray away from comics how do you um how, how do you get creators like on your pot do you just ask them and and they just say yeah or do you like is there is there a way of going about it it really depends some of them most of the, the like creator chit chats have been people that i've asked because mm. i've still wanted them um onto the podcast and outside inviting them on to see if they would be interested and then i also got quite um quite a few like like people with like kick creators or kickstarters asking if i had like any room on the schedule to um talk with them so that's where quite a few of the kickstarter conversations oh came okay. from. and yeah so it, it's a, it's sort of fun to to have that mix of um that like people that i like specifically I invited on myself and then others which I hadn't maybe heard of that needs to have some like spotlight on their, their Kickstarter and I can like help promote it and that mm-hmm. that's fun. Yeah, no, like you get so many different like uh, creators on here and it's just like I 
yeah, I don't know. It was just, it's, it's always amazing and like fun to like listen to. And you just get like so many different perspectives on, uh, yeah, different like writers or artists and like their experience in comics. But yeah, yeah, and no, I was just curious about that. Yeah, and it's nice because, so towards the end of 2022, uh, I was like, oh, right, I want to get some more creators, well, I want to get some creators on the, like, the podcast to talk to. And then I went, I, w- I wouldn't say I, I went overboard because uh, I- I'm pleased and glad with how it turns out. But it, yeah, as I said at the beginning about not having room for a, fr- a January comics episode in, in February because uh, and, and yeah, because the problem is with those those interviews is that um, uh, of course you can't like delay that or like move, like schedule it for later down the schedule. So if, if I just record an episode of someone talking about a particular comic, then that's like just for fun i can like release that whenever i want and because it doesn't really time restricted but of course when i'm talking with creators about something they're trying to promote now i had to um make sure that it was all like coming out within like a decent time frame so that's why we ended up with like, so many like consecutive creator interviews at, mm-hmm. at once so yeah it, it was it was quite cool to just have like so many lined up in a row like that and i think it'll be more interspersed in the future hopefully yeah no like that, that's what i was like thinking about it's like um like i think from like late february to yeah like er- early march it was just like every other episode was like another creator and i was just like how is he getting all these creators but yeah no they're they're awesome episodes thank you yeah because I, I was a bit worried about people because it was from the no it's eight, eight weeks the day of recording and nine weeks the day of release of this episode but where like end of january i had like one the first one released and it was like seven consecutive weeks of greater chicha episodes and mm. then and then and then for quite a few of those i had like kickstarter conversations on the mondays and i've still got a couple of those um over well last week and this week as a, the episode release so yeah so yeah so uh, yeah, it's good fun. It's nice to have that, that sort of mix of like episodes between these and the more specific comic conversations and mm-hmm. uh, uh, creator interviews. Yeah, totally. Um, to get back back on a uh, back back to get back on comics though. Um, uh, for uh, February, uh, yeah, week of February first, I think all I got was um, yeah, Radiant Black Twenty One and Rogue Sun Ten. So pretty pretty small week. Although later in the month, I have a much larger week. Nice. And so just to briefly talk about the the previous week, did you uh, have you had much experience with like action comics? Or because I I know that's something that I I jumped on towards the start of Philip Kelly Johnson Johnson's writing run, and then mm-hmm. I so I jumped off for a bit when they like actually went to War World, and then. I, I fancy jumping it back on it again because it, it looks fun and and yeah that new stuff jumping on point with uh 1051 and that the new status quo of like just how much of the, the super family there is so it's only a couple of issues in but it's been good so far so yeah with um with action comics i read um uh the was it superman son of kal-el stuff but um i think like main action comics i kind of just felt like i I would pick up an issue occasionally but i kind of felt in and out yeah that's fair and it's funny i I know on the uh, i don't know how many of the 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 comic series are are similar to this but i remember talking about the first issue of tim drake robin on the first um month they wrapped up episode the september one with lauren a friend neighbor by and 
so it's sort of, sort of cool. I uh, just sort of realised to like then talking about issue five here, where it, it was an interesting one because the 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 story has like some issues, pun unintended, but it's mostly entertaining. But issue five in, in particular has a um had like two artists on it with like Rosmo doing that like, start at the end, Riley Rosmo, and then um Ricardo Lopez Ortiz. So he said, need average on colours, mm. read on letters, um, and it, it it can be a bit. It, it's not. It can be a bit dodgy when sometimes it's when they're having like more than one artist on one issue. But I, I thought it. I enjoyed it when uh, they can like utilise that like work the art change into the story. So it, it's it's not. It's, it's still like jarring, but it's not like meant to be jarring because it's sort of written that way to incorporate the the art change. So I I thought that that was cool. It's I didn't like issue six as much as I liked the first the first five issues, but I'm still mm-hmm. um, w- wanting to see where it goes from here. Yeah, um, with uh, with uh, Tim Drake Robin, I remember I don't I don't remember what um, issue it was, but uh, I think I think you either brought it up on the um, Discord or it was um, just on one of your story posts, and then and then I remember like seeing it, and uh, you were just like the art can be like kind of like it depends if you're into like really like extreme styles yeah uh, but yeah no i checked it out and like i i have uh the first three issues and um i haven't picked up anything after that but i i love those issues but yeah very very exaggerated yeah. art and it, it's it's very interesting though it feels like really unique and it like it, it definitely just feels like a book to remember just because it doesn't like all comic artists have like a different style but like sometimes they can feel like kind of similar to one another um, so mm. having a book that's just that like wildly different was it? I, I just you know from like an artistic standpoint, it was just really awesome to see. Yeah, and I know that some um, people and sort of like some some like Tim Drake fans have that sort of slight some like concerns about Fitzmartin's writing, and there there, there are times when uh, even as someone who doesn't have as much experience with the character, there are there are a couple of things which do feel a bit weird and a bit odd but mm-hmm. um, the story was uh, again entertaining enough yeah um, mostly for the first arc anyway but i know it, it's tough because i can like definitely understand those things so it's always i, I know it can be like frustrating when um i've had lots of common characters i've had that where, where the writer maybe doesn't quite um or, or you, you aren't quite into the, the writer's work so i don't it, it, again I, i'm sort of interested to see where it goes because it's sort of been good but there's definitely been elements where it can maybe improve on yeah totally definitely definitely excited to see the future of the comic though yeah so yeah moving on to february what, what did you think of radiant black 21 because i know that's it's fun that sort of a series that i know we're both going to be i've picked up in red mm-hmm. so uh yeah I, that one was the one with the uh, the post office right yes yeah the the post office love the post office I want to see more of them. I, it was such an interesting thing. Um, I, I won't spoil it for anyone who isn't caught up or hasn't read, but uh, Kyle Higgins, the writer, uses the post office in a very interesting way and something I don't think I would have ever seen anywhere. So that was that was definitely a fun book. And uh, same with Rogue Sun 10 that also came out that month. Both those were just a blast. Yeah, and you know, of course it's been announced by this point, but seeing how the series is building up to the, the Catalyst War Properly so with excited. issue twenty five in, in July, it's 
and yeah, that this this arc has just been like gradually building up to that. And I feel like there's been a not 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 a mismatch. That's not the connotation I want to give, but there's been a variety. That's it. The word I was looking for of mm-hmm. like tones uh, across this arc. I feel like because there are some issues which are more like a- action orientated, and then when the with, with like like Nathan and um, Marshall and that they kind of like status quo and everything going on with like the robots and and then and, and then you, you, cause yeah you have like issues like Rick twenty one which had that humor with the postal service and then twenty two which came out uh, a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago mm. where they it, it was much more like character based on like Nathan yeah issue twenty two was like a lot more relaxed so yeah, it's just so sort of cool how they can have those like different focuses and use them to like, progress the story and the characters and all, all that the mysteries and everything going on yeah i'm like it, it gets me really excited for like the future because it's like um i uh I, I read kyle higgins uh power rangers run um and and uh i remember i think it was um on the uh invincible podcast when he uh He's talking about um, issue one for Radiant Black, um, like before the book even came out. Um, and and he he was talking to like the uh, Invincible podcast people, and he was he was just like uh, like for for Radiant Black, he has like some ideas on how he can get into like the war stuff without dropping all the character moments. And I think we've been kind of seeing hints of that with like um, kind of going back and forth with issues of like one will be like. You know, like we have like uh, issue fighting mechs, or um, you know, like the comedy issue, uh, or I don't know if you'd necessarily call it a comedy, but it was definitely way more uh, funny um, with like the you know post office, and then yeah, going to issue twenty two, and it's just a lot more like relaxed. So definitely very excited for the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, another one from that week that concluded was a Minor Threats with the issue four from one of the I haven't read many Dark Horse comics. But that was one where, when it started back in August, I sort of heard good things, and I really liked like the look of it. And so I had to check it out, and I really enjoyed it. And it was it was delayed a bit because issue three came out in November, and then issue four came out in again like the first week of February. But it has that really cool, like vibrant pop art, like retro feel to it, and it's, it was really fun because it felt like a nice uh, example of how to do, like, mature, but but then still have it, like, vibrant and colourful, and rather than necessarily making it, like, dark and, like, gritty, like, visually, but then still, like, making it, yeah, again, like, mature and, like, violent, and putting that, like, really fun, like, parody and satire on the, um, like, some of the biggest superheroes of Marvel and DC, and how, like, weaving that into... Uh, like a nice like entertaining story so it's only only four issues when the trade is out in Mm. june apparently so that's the one to check out minor threats from dark horse yeah i i don't think i've ever heard of uh minor threat what's it like without spoiling it what's it kind of about so one of the that there's this villain that's uh that kills the like sidekick to the like basically like the robin to like the batman parody yeah and then to like to stop basically the the, the other heroes uh suddenly become like like really like guarded and protective of their like the city and it, it becomes like quite extreme and then the, the the like the batman parody goes a bit nuts in terms of like wanting to kill the the villain that does that so then these like minor threats these like minor villains like seeing these villains um 
want to go and like stop him and and maybe even like yeah just that spawning it those sort of how they get involved in that does sound uh, interesting like conflict and the the, the crossfire i suppose and mm-hmm. but, but because that's sort of the interesting like twist on it in terms of the parody where it's like through their perspective so they all have like unique powers and villain identities and yeah i i suppose if it was from a different perspective then the and say there was like more focus on the like the parodies then it, it might feel tired but because it's we, we only sort of get like glimpses of the and um, like the satire so because it's on mostly through the again like the minor threat so yeah it, 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 that was a really fun title again it, it was only four issues I, I didn't have to commit too much so I've mentioned yeah I'll, I'll have to check that one out sounds really interesting yeah and it, I think it will help with time uh, uh, of course because uh, a few of these coming up i've sort of already um talked a bit about so things like like all against all issue three batman 132 and erratic recharge number four little monsters 10 from the week of february the 8th so of course like all against all batman and little monsters are already mentioned but again it's sort of really interesting to see how the series of all against all has been developing over the months and same with Otter Monsters, like the law behind the. Because it's about like child, like vampires, and mm-hmm. they're just sort of left, seemingly left by the adult ones. And, to, and, and that, that issue gave us a lot of answers, which were honestly heartbreaking. And then with going back to Batman, it's been really fun to see like Chips of Darcy reinvent some like characters and present what they're like in this uh, alternate world. I don't know. What you picked up that week? Or if you had any other comments about those things, and then I'll talk about them afterwards. Yeah, I think for uh, yeah for February eighth. Once again, I like I, I need to start using this app more so I can mark more comics down. But uh, yeah, I just had a uh, Batman one thirty two. Yeah, no, it's like I mean most of them. I just in my comic, I just or in my uh, local comic shop, I just have a pull box, so I kind of just add stuff to there. If I could see that pull box and have a you know actual listen from me it'd probably help more but um yeah on the on the app i only have uh batman 132 and then for like february 15th it's just nemesis reloaded uh nice well what's that been like because uh, uh, I, I know i've been tempted to pick it up because of the uh, the artwork alone but it, it's not been a priority maybe something to check out later because i know that i haven't read the original but it sounds mm-hmm. like it was famous for being uh like really like dark and edgy, and I know that's the reputation that Miller has, well, Millar has um, in in general. But I think like sort of, I've heard like Nemesis, especially so the original series at least. Yeah, um, I think the the book is really interesting. I think my only fear is uh, I'm just hoping it's not going to be like a just only four issues or five issues or however long the um, uh, first Nemesis was. But I think like compared to uh, I, I've I've read both the first Nemesis. And I'm caught up with this one. I think we're at like Nemesis issue or Nemesis Reloaded issue three now. Um, but it's definitely very interesting. It's um, it's just a twist on um, uh, just like the Batman idea, but it's just like you know, what if Batman was evil? Which there, there's a, there's been a lot of like what if Superman was evil kind of stories that I feel came mm-hmm. out recently. Um, but yeah, like uh, what if Batman was evil felt like kind of. It, it feels pretty fresh, and um, Jorge Jimenez does not miss with this one. His art is just, I mean, as always, just absolutely top-notch. 
it's like even if you don't find the story like you know something you're super interested in you at least know like every single page will just have some of the greatest art you've ever seen exactly it is like so beautiful just to, to look at again that like, the cinematic quality of it the colors that the lighting it the characters it's all so gorgeous yeah dude it's just oh my gosh his art is just yeah i i could talk about it endlessly just amazing really great and yeah, yeah. the mm, uh, like, yeah, so erratic recharged, which I thought was the last one I picked up on that week of the eighth, which I've had a tumultuous relationship with. Uh, so it's that's the sequel to the original erratic um, a couple of years ago by Karen and both by Karen Andrews and I think the coloring by Brian Reber. I don't know if you've heard of that series, but because I, I it's not something I would, I would really enjoy, and then with the like. Teenage Spider-Man riff in like the like modern like, like modern day in like like twenty twenties or whatever. But something about just like the way that it was it was executed by Harry Andrews wasn't quite to my taste. But then when the sequel was announced, I I wanted to check it out and I I enjoyed it more for the most part. I didn't really like the, the third issue, which uh, I don't often say. But uh, other than that, I thought it was fun and I think I enjoyed it a bit more than. The first series, the artwork at least is again like really like, vibrant and kind of, there's so much like energy and yeah, um, just like the amount of yeah, it's just in the artwork. So yeah, I haven't I haven't uh, heard of that one or checked that one out, but I'll, I'll definitely have to. Yeah, if you have much experience with Kang Andrew's work, otherwise I know I haven't really. Uh, I don't I don't think I have unless I'm like missing some book, but um, yeah, no, not not super familiar with them. Uh, was uh, there, there anything else that you picked picked up on the the fifteenth? Jumping into that week, apart from no, I'm trying to. Legend. Yeah, no, I I feel bad that I don't have like that many comics listed, but like again, I don't. Yeah, I just don't use the app enough. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Twenty second, I uh, have a lot more on there, but yeah, I think for the fifteenth, uh, all I have marked on here is just Nemesis Reload number two, which is fun. Fair enough. Yeah, and again, just the 15th, Fantastic Four, Issue 4, House of Slaughter 12, KF5, Spider-Man 5, What's the Thunder Space in here, 11. And I don't have too much more to say about those, apart from that Kaya was the end of the first arc, and that was like quite entertaining how it's all concluded and provided a nice teaser for the next one. So again, worth checking out if you can pick up the trade or the back issues or whatever. Spider-Man 5 was a interesting because it was like a what-if issue that was spinning out of an event from the, the previous issues which i won't spoil but it was sort of like a big thing that another thing is that you know it's going to be like undone of course but it's still interesting and nice to see how it plays out within the story and furthest place 11 w- was a nice one because we it's all featured a character that we hadn't seen since the end of the last sorry the, the end of the first arc last summer and so it's been quite a while since we've seen them so um it, it didn't it was a good issue, but I think it would be more um, intrigued to see where like, how it plays into the ongoing story going forward. And then the the last comment I had about Fantastic Four issue four was that I know the current Amazing Spider-Man run has again been a controversial one in terms of the some of the creative and editorial decisions being made. Yeah. Also influenced Spider-Man a lot these days. But I, uh, yeah, no, like, I think the early part of that run I picked up, and then, I don't know, just kind of, definitely not for me. But, yeah, so, I know, yeah, so my, my point being with Fantastic Four, when that current run started, 
As I mentioned, Ryan North, I've been quite noted. I mentioned Ekisus Albertov in writing art and colouring, which is again gorgeous, but I love Ibn Kwano's artwork for the Fantastic Four, especially mm. like Johnny and like the way that the flames are illustrated to like how fluid they are, because he did some work. I think also with Arbatov on colours for like the Kate Stegman venom, like the sorts of villains too, from when Stegman wasn't on but I suppose it's a similar thing with symbiotes that compared to like Johnny's fire where they're both like very fluid and you know, to, to get back to my point being about when the run started and it was looking to be like, what, what did the Fantastic Four do? Something has happened that we weren't telling you about before the events of the series. Of course, people were naturally and rightfully sceptical after the, the current Amazing Spider-Man run and what's going on in that. So it was yeah. satisfying to actually have it being um, like covered in, in issue four. And uh, but, like we actually know what it is and it's actually something like interesting and compelling and might make uh, some interesting story and how the, the run goes forward but yeah it's just it's just fun funny seeing a few reviews on the comic geeks like the like spidey office take note and that sort of thing because because how, how is amazing spider-man gonna sell otherwise if they don't have the um like constant like marketing like dragging out like the storylines and mysteries for the, yeah. for like weeks and issues on end it's only their most popular title i don't know <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Know. I'm definitely excited to um, pick up that Fantastic Four book uh, or try and try and find some of the single issues after this. But um, yeah, Spider-Man's been very. It's like yeah, you know, like you were saying, it's like it's like their most popular title, and it just kind of feels. I'm, I'm sure the writers are doing you know like what they can, but I don't know if it's just editorial kind of like messing around with things. But yeah, hopefully it gets better though. Like from from a business standpoint, I understand because they are going to. Like, because it's their most popular title, whatever they do in terms of like, trying to build up hype, they will get people that will, like, be curious and check it out, and so they will have more sales through that way. But it just always makes me feel weird that they have to, like, push it so hard when, mm-hmm. that like, it sells itself. It, it, people will pick it up anyway, and, and then there'll be, like, smaller books, which can maybe do a bit, a bit more of a marketing push that just... Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's a whole other topic, but yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, you don't you don't really need marketing to get people to read Spider Man. It's it's Spider Man, you know. People are gonna they're gonna read it. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because, um, Zebos is like Hellions was like so beloved from what I've heard. I, I like nothing but good things about the, the Hellions that he wrote that the X Men series. So mm-hmm. then suddenly go from that to the like Spider the Amazing Spider Man, which is as as controversial as it is, it's like interesting. Yeah, I, I really yeah, I'm like that that's it, it kinda just makes me think, I'm like, you know, is it, it like is Zeb Wells just having a hard time writing Spider Man or is it just like Marvel editorial keeps like trying to push ideas on him and it's like you know, he kinda just has to deal with what he's dealt. It's probably a mix of those both of those things and just like the exposure about like writing the Amazing Spider-Man as opposed to writing just like and and, and it's not to like bel- it's not to belittle Hellions but just sort of mm-hmm. writing like like the sect X-Men title and not it's, it's not like the main one it's not X-Men so yeah. it's only go and it, it makes me think about something that happened when Chip Zdarsky was taking over Batman where people were joking that there'd be like people on Twitter that would 
like because lots of people praise Zdarsky and lots of people like, like him and it because obviously it's it's okay if you don't there's something that doesn't resonate really for him preach their own. But the idea that there what would just be people like like freaking out about Zdarsky and calling him like the worst writer ever after like one or two issues. And it's just like mm-hmm. before the like this run started and then it sort of happened and it were like Oh, it's like yeah, it did actually happen. I don't know what we were expecting, and it, it was, yeah, it, it was, yeah, and it, not to belabor the point, but the whole idea of um, like, like sometimes letting story arcs play out and see what happens, but then equally, so so to sort of bring it back around to Amazing Spider-Man said, well, sometimes the exposure that there will be more eyes on his work, and also the idea that maybe because uh, yeah, this is going right down a tangent, but the idea of <laughs> well, I got, as I've heard about a few times. Over the, over the times when ha, how much like the clone saga was like dragged out and mm-hmm. because people some people like hate on it and I haven't read it so I mean but it, it's a, it's a, what interests me more are the defenders that are like well it had some good ideas but it was dragged out for too long by editorial and that's something that uh, I always find it more interesting uh, as a viewpoint and that's not to invalidate any other viewpoints but just personally as someone who hasn't read it I'm uh, I like hearing about like the behind the scenes of what happens and anything that might have influenced um yeah no um, how it ended me, up as it is mm. me, me and a friend we were uh we, we were talking about it and it's like i wonder if like once um once uh zeb wells is like done with the book if there's gonna be like uh like once his contract's up if there's gonna be any drama that comes out of like what was happening behind the scenes or like yeah who, who knows because yeah the, the book is or the book is like definitely very controversial. And like I said, I think I stopped at like, I don't know, like issue nine or issue 13 or something. I, I was just like, I just, yeah, I don't know. I felt like 13 issues was enough for like an arc to happen. Just nothing really caught my eye. Just wasn't a super big fan of it. Yeah. And it, I always find it interesting when some people that like that, the previous run is it, sometimes like more, but after like after it's ended and there's like another run to take its place because I know that there was lots of there were some really fun ideas in the first half of Spencer's run, the the previous run, and then there was the like that the second half and especially towards the end, which at least from what I I saw again, of course I know there are people that did enjoy it, but that that um it, it was like received less favorably, and I, I haven't read most of the the like the rest of it so i don't again i don't know but it's always funny like hearing seeing lots of like negative reviews about it and then everything about like the, the zeb wells run where it's like oh spencer's run was like so and so was like well, we're going to just go back to that and well, again the whole idea is of like spencer probably would have gotten peter and mj back together if it hadn't been for editorial interference because it was definitely like hedging that way especially after everything with the like the slot run so there were some multiple times when it was I don't know, it was just kind of that was something he wanted to do, but of course editorial um, and like Nick and I would just won't, uh, yeah there's, there's lots of like documentary drama by, behind yeah. all over the internet these days <laughs> yeah totally yeah, very very interested to hear more about like behind the scenes of uh, all that sort of stuff, but yeah and then are we on to um, yeah. the week of uh, February 22nd? yes all right, uh, this was a big week. I think I just started adding more stuff to uh, the app. So I have um, Nightwing 101, uh, Superman number one, which I, I loved, uh, Ice Cream Man number 34, uh, Inferno Girl Red 2, and Junkyard Joe number five. And um, I'll, I'll start off with uh, Ice Cream Man. Have, have you read any of the uh, Ice Cream Man stuff? I've read some issues 
of it uh, here and there, but I haven't um, read the last few. But yeah, it yeah, it's it's good stuff. But I need to catch up and read the early issues as well. Yeah, so I um I first read the uh, volume one. Um, one of my friends recommended it, and then I tried it, and I was like, eh, I don't know, not a big fan of it. Um, and then he was like, okay, uh, we'll go in, and then he's like. Just one more volume, trust me. So I picked up, uh, sorry, I picked up um, volume seven, uh, which is a big jump from volume one to seven. But it's like, um, uh, what's what's the type of story? Uh, basically, it's not like directly connected. It's a whole bunch of like random stories that just kind of connect together. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I picked up volume seven. That one was just an absolute blast. And, and yeah, the Ice Cream Man story has just been like really good so far. Um, like they... They really take advantage of uh, being a comic, which I, I said like the same thing about um, Radiant Black and Rogue Sun, but it, it's it's just that same thing of like uh, there's like one Ice Cream Man story where um, uh, it's like this dude going down his like family tree and trying to see because he he yeah. thinks he's cursed, um, and then uh, the writer or it was the artist maybe um, they showed that if you take that entire uh, issue. And then you like just like put it all out, like all the pages next to each other. It will make just an entire like tree, and you just see the guy going down it, which is just I don't know. It was really cool and just something that like I haven't seen before. So just like just like ideas like that, um, it, it always just makes stuff like just so much more interesting. But yeah, Ice, Ice Cream Man is just about like existential horror, um, and there's not like a lot of in your face horror where it's a scary monster. Um, but still, the ideas are, are just really interesting, and I, I absolutely love the Ice Cream Man series. Yeah, it's much more psychological with how it's executed, and just yeah, generally disturbing in that sense, rather than yeah, totally. There are also some disturbing images, but it's not again like like cheap horror, like cheap like jump scares and just visual imagery. It's like um the like the creepy writing like serves the any like creepy imagery that are there and just only like accentuates it i suppose yeah i mean i love it it's like you'll you'll like there'll be something at the start of the story that's just kind of off you know and then just like as you get more and more into the story just a little bit like more stuff is also kind of off until you get to like you know the end of it it's just this big like all is revealed on you know what was happening the entire time it's like oh okay but yeah there's some there's some really great issues yeah sure um but yeah and then uh superman number one i picked up that which i was really excited about just um yeah superman superman returning to uh, metropolis and uh all that good book yeah that was something i wasn't sure whether i was going to pick up because i can be mixed on williamson's writing sometimes where i because I, I loved what I've read of his flash run, um, especially with like again like Howard Porter and art and I found colouring those, those issues I really enjoyed. But um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like Shadow War was fun and Dark Dark Crisis was it was it was fun. But um, anyway, yeah. Point being that uh, I wasn't sure, but uh, I'm glad I really did pick up Superman number one because it it was really and the, the, there was lots of like great ideas there and of course the artwork by Jamal Campbell is just gorgeous absolutely gorgeous oh yeah so, totally and it was nice seeing how it in some ways it did feel like a fresh start especially because as you say he's back in um metropolis now but then equally there was lots of like the recent status quo changes that most of them from like 
actually coming to turn 50 that there's sort of like, like a few things just like mix it up a bit that reflect mm-hmm. what's, what's currently going on so it was fun seeing how those two things like the fresh start and the current like changes were both sort of like um merged together and presented together yeah i mean it was i was just kind of happy to like read it and like go back tonally and and just like yeah. even like artistically to uh a superman where like the story just feels a lot brighter now you know it, it feels like yeah. The Superman I'm used to, and that was it was just kind of a, a a nice refresher. But I'm 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 definitely excited to see where they go with it. I think there were like certain parts in the story where I was kind of a little iffy about certain things, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely excited. Just as a first issue, I was I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, and then um, other things like some of this kind of children. Uh, Lovesick and, and Saga, there was new issues, uh, those something that's kind of 29, Lovesick 5 and Saga 62 were both all, all, I mean all three um, great issues at the end, I much to say about those beyond what I already said but I can there's like some like great covers there and Trinity Academy Finals has been interesting as the like finale of the like Strange Academy run because like when it was relaunched Back in October, I wasn't quite sure how long it was going to go on, but it seems like Scott Young has said that he and Humberto Ramos' story is, is ending with the um, issue twi- well, issue six and then Legacy 24. But that, that's been a really... Uh, I love the the artwork by Ramos and uh, Edgar Delgado and, and colours where that nice like pastel-coloured feel. Mm-hmm. And like, the spotlight on like, so many different like child characters and making them all um like compelling and like, the ideas are really fun and and then you know like some of these kind of children where it's there's a really fun like human element that's been added with like the, like, the horror and like beyond the monsters like, like the politics of various scenes and um like, how much is all like lore and depth that tiny is able to bring to the story and Saga 62 wasn't the it, it didn't have the most most plot progression in it, in an issue but it was another um good issue and it, it was fun to see how the because 61 that after on a bit of an interesting cliffhanger so to see how that was so moved on from and to see their, their current status quo um reflected in the story um I'm interested to see where Saga is going to go next as always in yeah, terms totally. of mm, in terms of um, Batman Superman World's Finest 12, just to highlight that, I that that was a that was a really fun issue where because it focused on showing the uh, the backstory of this like date between Robin, Dick Grayson, and Supergirl Kara that went like horribly wrong, and it was just like, a really nice like character focused issue where they, they had that drama, but it was like, the interpersonal drama rather than anything. With them as like superheroes, so again like like the gorgeous. What she it wasn't Dan Mora on that issue. It was an awesome cover by him though, and it was oh yeah oh, I, I and Manuela the Lupacino, is that right? And then oh still yeah the, yeah Wade von Grobadger and Norm Rappon Rappons on because and Tamra Bowman and again on colors so. Yeah, that, that was that was a really fun issue. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, with uh, with World's Finest, I've 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 seen uh, a few like images posted online of the comic, and it's just like, yeah, I, I like uh, like you were talking about, like with like the failed date happening. Um, some of yeah. the stuff I've seen, it it looks really interesting, and I just need to get back into it. Yeah, and then to 
um, wrap up before the February before I, I mentioned the some some of the other sort of like other collections and things I read in the past couple of months. Um, I know we talked about Bain, but uh, I'm definitely interested to talk about One Bad Day, Clayface, because that was another one that I wasn't sure whether I was going to pick it up, but then I listened to the um, comic book Coppers Cancelling podcast, had a great interview with the writers Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, and that was really fun to listen to. And they also had a great interview with Williamson and Campbell about Superman, their new title, but yeah, and then seeing like those preview pages by some... Sam Anico and Karen like woman over for Bahado Jr. Right, Tom Napolitino on cut letters. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about that issue is when I feel like every part of that issue was like so well put together and so impressive and just worked together so well where the the writing felt like compelling and disturbing and fascinating how the character Clayface was developed and what forms he takes in the story and how it develops and like, like the body horror of the artwork and the the way they held that like leads into the colouring and just even like, like the lettering choice as well as some where like Clayface, like actual Clayface in this clay form has his own like I, I don't know, I'll just I'll describe it but like the speech bubbles filled as like fluid and dynamic as, as the art shows him to be where there's no like clay face speech bubble that's like identical because just because of how it's done and there are even like different fonts and things that would mm-hmm. change depending on um like the, like the tone of his voice and like how like angry he was getting and there were just lots of small details that made it like so creepy and so like fun to read i just really loved it uh, i wasn't quite sure what to expect going in but yeah yeah no that that clayface book was uh, that it, it was really fun had you had much experience with clayface before that book because i know he featured prominently in the tiny detective run which i read last year maybe i think um but, but apart from that, I really had much experience with Playface as, uh, as a character, so... I mean, I think, like, the only experience I've had with him is in, like, video games like the Arkham series and, like, right, yeah. Batman the Animated series. But, yeah, no, comic-wise, I don't I don't think so. I'm like, I'm trying to think if there's any runs that Clayface has, like, really been in. I mean, he's been in some of the um, Detective comic stuff, but... Uh, yeah. I didn't really pick any of that up, so I wouldn't know. So no, also, um, the writers Jack Jackson and Zane Colin Kelly are on one of the Captain America books at the moment, which I know is getting a lot of love, but I need to catch up on that at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I, oh, my bad. Sorry, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, and then uh, I think... Um, to, uh, sorry, jump comics, but um, yeah, I, I, uh, I read Inferno Girl Red number two. Um, that came out. Yeah, the week of the 22nd was a pretty big week for me. Um, and, and yeah, just, like, again, with, like, Massive Verse and, like, every every book is just really unique. And, and I think Infernal Girl Red just, like, it, it's just such a great read. Like, I, I really love it. Um, it's, it's like, Igor Monti, he's the, uh, he's the artist. Um, and just, he just goes all out with, like, uh, every page. It's just, yeah, all, all this art is just absolutely phenomenal. And um, same with the colors uh they're all like really good and like it, it left on such like a great cliffhanger too so i just like ah, oh, i have to wait for issue three and it's it's killing me but yeah yeah great yeah, book. yeah it's always tough when it's just that good that you can't it's, it's like even harder to wait every month to read the new issue 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, cliffhangers. Like I, I understand with comics, you know, you need them so people pick up your next issue. But holy cow, sometimes they're so infuriating. It's like, oh, I just want to read more. But nevertheless, oh, I think like <laughs> Kyle Higgins does his cliffhangers in the worst possible, uh, not actually the worst possible way. He does them in the best way, but they just annoy me so much because it's like um, he does like like the six issue arcs. So like the sixth issue will always it'll be telling like a different story than like what's been happening. Um, like we had like the first five issues of Radiant Black, and then there's a really big battle that happens in the fifth issue, and then they leave you off with a cliffhanger because issue six is just uh, it's just focus on um, Radiant Red, and it's just like oh my gosh, like he's so good with his cliffhangers though. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, I think I think that's. Pretty much it for me for um, February, other than uh, Nightwing and Junkyard Joe. I think Junkyard Joe is kind of an interesting one. Um, it's, uh, uh, what's the, uh, hold up real quick. I mean, Jeff Johns. Yeah, Jeff Johns. It. Yeah, um, it's like, uh, he, he did some other books that are like in the same universe before. Um, so like there's like certain points where it like reference something that I have no idea what's going on. Um, but yeah, Junkyard Joe is just, it, it, it's a pretty fun book. Um, but yeah. And then, um, yeah, what else? Uh, Nightwing 101 came out also. And that's, yeah, Tom Taylor is just, he, he, he's an amazing writer and like it, it hints more at, um, uh, was it Nightwing and it's going to be, uh, like he's doing a, a Teen Titans book, I think that's going to come out eventually. And I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah. Cause what, cause I know that the, the Titans are being featured prominently here and there and is it's run, so it was um, fun to see that they would be a bit more spotlighted in the, the current Nightwing arc before going on to their own, but... Yeah, we have just, just kind of waiting for that, but yeah, all, all, all the comics that I got that week were, they're they're all amazing. Yeah, and then just before we wrap up, there was just a bunch of other like collections and things that I read until January and March, February, just to quickly go through, where I, before talking with writer Bud Horns, um, from Scout Comics, Marcus and Nessie. In January, I read the first six issues of that sequel series, Dark Earth, which is currently... Good. Well, no, actually, I think issue seven is back this week. Well, last week, if you're listening to us, the week it's come out again. Yeah. But, um, and then uh, and then the... Yeah, yeah, March 15th, cool, and that, that looked like a cool issue, and then the trade for the first part, the first six issues, the first half of Dark Earth will be out in May, and then of course you can always go back and listen to that interview and check out the series if you haven't already, because I, I would um, recommend it, it's great fun, and we, we talked about Carl Starks earlier, before, because I, 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 I talked with him about um where once does lie which I, I which i i've heard a lot of good things about which i haven't had a chance to read it but it was fun hearing him talk about that and also i read i i hate this place volume one before that and so we always got to talk a bit talk a bit about talk to, got to talk a bit about that so that was also a great series one ones where it has a interesting balance between the like it's not explicitly written as a comedy but it has a very like horror comedy feel to it where there's there's like humor and everything in some of the, the darker moments and then the the artwork does a good job of feeling like um gritty and sort of like textured and, and portraying like the different monsters and things but still manages to portray the the humor of it which is nice and, and it, again it just has you no know, i use the word vibrant a lot but it, it definitely has that like vibrant feel where it stands out um, in terms of those those colors, yeah. I know you mentioned um, Chip Zdarsky before. 
but also the um, Before My Prince on the Spider-Man Book Club in the past, back in, I think it came out a few weeks ago, but it was recorded back in January, whereas I read the first arc of Peter Parker, Peter Parker The Spectacular Spider-Man, um, before that with the artwork by Adam Huberton and Jodie Bellair, and that was a great series. I mean, sort of underrated Spider-Man title that was on the first, like, American comics that I read, so that's fun. And it's also been collected in a Spider-Man by Chip Tadarsky on the bus and, and towards the start of next year, where there's other things like Spider-Man Life Story and Spider's Shadow and obviously the rest of his spectacular runs. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you read too much of his, his Spider-Man work, but that should be a fun on the bus to get. I've least. read um, Life Story, and I, I really like that one, but... Yeah, not 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 much else though. Thanks. And yeah. Also both both Holly uh, both volumes of Hotel by written by John Lees uh, by Backboard Tal uh, sorry, I'm completely messed up. I'm the Dara John Colors, so see Piano on Letters. That that was a really great like horror anthology series that I read for an interview with, with John um back in January. And if you're looking for, I mean, we talked about the Ice Cream Man we, about as like a horror anthology mm-hmm. series that has a very like creepy feel, and the Hotel is sort of very similar in in that it's a bit more, it's a bit more focused on like the visual um aspect of it, but that's not to say that it's like empty. Got it's very sort of psychological as well, and like unsettling, and the artwork definitely has that sort of like dark. Um, tone that conveys that really nicely, where it's like grounded but still like animated and rich. And the first volume is only four issues, even less than 100 pages. So the amount that able to be fit in there and the way it um, elevates it all in the sequel, where I feel like everything did it like more in the in, in that one where it was like elevated. And it was just again like more in like the best ways. If you want a good horror anthology series, I need to check out Hotel from AWA. Artists, writers, and artisans. If anyone didn't know what that, that's the why do we go upshot? Yeah, that's one that's more of an indie publisher that's been coming up in the past few years. Yeah, I'll definitely check that one out. Um, let's so in terms of DC books to try and make it a bit more organized, there was a uh, I read uh, I got a Kindle Unlimited subscription, uh, a trial to actually to read Hotel, but then there were some other things on there that I wanted to check out that. I haven't read yet, so um, it's quite fun to finally read Batman the Imposter that was written by one of the people who worked on the, the movie, and yeah, Mattson, Tomlin, Andrea Sontino on art, Jody Bello on colours, that Steve Wands on letters, and I know Sontino has got a lot of praise for working with the mayor, things like Gideon Falls and others, and that was a really interesting series, and in, in this more psychological take on the, the the character and how it felt like it's all like grounded and dark and yeah, I mean, imposter it, it was, was very. That, yeah, very it was it was a fun Elseworlds Elseworlds tale. Mm-hmm. I I absolutely love the art in it. Um, I don't know if the ending was my favorite, but um, I, I I liked a lot of the story though. Um, and and like I was saying, the art is just like it's very unique. Absolutely loved it. And another one on that I was able to read on there was Blue Beetle, Jamie Reyes book one which had the first 12 issues. I, w- I was going to pick that up physically, but it, I was excited to see that on there so I could check it out, especially before the... Um, I mean, maybe it's because of the movie or coming up, but because I've never read that like original series from the mid-2000s. So, yeah. And uh, I've always liked... Um, I think it's Queen Reyes, actually. Maybe. No. 
might be. And sort of like written by Keith Gibbon and John Rogers with like Kai Hammer and um Raphael Albuquerque on some art like, for the issues and so it was nice to finally read some of Jimmy, Jimmy as uh, Jimmy as a character. You say it, sorry. Um, <laughs> and I just really like that that costume design. There's so many characters which I haven't read a lot of, but like I really like their, their like costume designs. So it's always fun to actually get to read those, and especially how I always enjoy. I mean, I mean, especially going back to things like Strange Academy, where they have like the team superheroes and how they combine the they have those like slice of life aspects to them yeah. and that drama and. It's always, it's just always interesting how there's more the the science of aspects feel more baked into the idea of the teen superhero in a way that we don't necessarily see, always see in other superhero comics. Most of them that I wish we would, but I always enjoy when there are science effects in there. Uh, I don't know how much, if any, Blue Beetle you've read or any of Amy Reyes you've read. Um, I've read, uh, well, like, I didn't read the Jaime Reyes stuff, but I, I, I read, um, like, uh, the, what is it, Blue and Gold? Um, right, and then I, yes. I don't know if those, uh... I've got that to read. Yeah, I, I don't know if those are connected at all, though. Because they did have, um, Jaime Reyes in, um, one of the, uh, one of the issues, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I read the second omnibus for the New 52 Justice League at the start of the recording we talked about, the Flash, and... So yeah, and it was fun because that was that those stories collected in on that in the on the burst ones I've been wanting to read for years. Because when I first got into comics, it was at the start a bit about these like UK magazine reprints that we we have that I found in the newsagents where they collected like quite a few issues in one um where there was like like three four pounds like three five quid on mm-hmm. what it was and it collected like a few American issues in one and for some reason when they they put out a new like number one series and they started the new Justice League series and one of the like features in that was um I, I remember it being like halfway through the Dark Side War story so like towards the end of it so I, I never quite read it from the start but I just remember thinking it was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen especially with that like for Jason Faber artwork and the Bradenson one on kind of some like gorgeously rich like blockbuster artwork there, so it was really cool and special in terms of like coming full circle to be able to actually read that story in its entirety. And also, I've always liked the idea of Forever Evil. It's uh, I've always like seen that like, like the Capitoshi one where all the villains. It's always seemed like a, such a fun idea and Forever something about like the Forever crime Evil syndicate. Such a good story. Yeah, it's so, something that, uh, like the crime syndicate that I've always been like a sucker for. I love like their designs mm. and. I've seen that it's such a fun idea, so it, it was really great, and um, like to see them in in that story and have such a focus as as the villains, and yeah, that 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 Justice League run. I, I know this might probably applies to lots of Justice League runs, but in terms of that one, I'm talking about the moment where if you like want like a summer blockbuster, like cinematic, like um, superhero comics, then there's lots of great stuff within that Justice League run before that, especially when Jason Faber comes on to do the art, and again, like Brad Anderson, and, and with those Darkseid War issues, and then also the um, even Rice in the like, early issue, earlier issues, where just like so many like awesome, like spectacular art, art on that run, that yeah, it was great to read in the oversized omnibus format. Yeah, totally. Like, uh, I, I, I didn't read it in the um, omnibus form, I just did like all the 
volumes but even going like volume to volume it was just like yeah like uh forever evil and then the uh the uh amazo plague and like all that stuff was just like super super interesting but yeah yeah have you read superman smashes the clan like genuine that and, and uh the i got like, no sorry how you say it i i i read um uh part of it and then i lended it to one of my friends and uh yeah i'm just kind of waiting for them to i gave them like a bunch of comics and they're kind of just finishing them up um but i haven't read the entirety of it yet now but i i really like the uh start of it though it was really good. Just yeah, I thought it was, it was one of the ones that I got for Christmas that I got to check out mm-hmm. the last month, I think, where it, it's really cool where it feels um, like like you clearly gets at the point the point across where it, it's so clear and blunt, but it doesn't necessarily feel like heavy handed or it's not making it like clear and blunt. We're, we're still having like that nice amount of like depth and nuance because it is like a young young adult story so having that mm-hmm. balance between treating it as like a serious topic but also um having those like anim- animation like cartoony aspects to it especially with the art yeah. where it's sort of like fitting for maybe like slightly younger readers but still like very entertaining and like getting the point across and still having lots of like development to it especially with like the characters and how they develop where there is like quite a few I used to it, especially where it's set in Superman's life, where like back in the sort of early golden age, rather than like the modern day version of of the character. So yeah, it's, it was a really cool read and great read because there was just a lot going on that, um, I like un- under someone else it might not have had the same amount of layers that this one had. It might just been a bit more blander. And whereas this felt like it achieved what it wanted, whilst still, um, yeah, again, like yeah doing it in a way that was like nuanced and but still blunt and clear. Yeah, totally. I know I mentioned before about how my I sort of started reading comics regularly in twenty eighteen. So I don't know if you remember the Marvel Fresh Start relaunch around that time, but I sort of mentioned Scott Young already and also because the Deadpool title was written by him and art by Nick Time who's also just incredible. And also interestingly, Scott Hepburn and Ian Herring on art and colouring and some of the issues and they did the art on minor threats. So it was fun to go back and see some of their artwork here, yeah, and it was pretty much just basically what what I wanted out of a Deadpool story. Something I've been, another thing I've been wanting to read for a while. So I'm really glad that it was available to read on on Kindle Unlimited. And yeah, it it was a lot of fun. And if you want some Deadpool, then I can highly recommend checking it out because it is a nice balance of across the 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 twelve issues. The, Issues 13 to, well, it was, ties into War of the Realms because of when it was out, and then the, fun, the final issue was good, but the, the the first 12 issues in particular, so I thought like, it was like a spectacular mix for what I wanted of like one-shot stories that were like compelling and entertaining in their own right within like, the one issue, but then also there's a couple of three-issue arcs in there which develop it a bit more, and you, you can just like clearly tell there was a lot of fun to make, and it was a lot of fun to read. I don't know how much Deadpool that you've read, but... I I don't know. I'm trying to um, pull up my Deadpool right now. I can't... It's on my... Uh, I got it on Comixology, but... Um, yeah, I don't... I, I was halfway through a volume. I, I, I can't find it, though, and uh, see who it was by. But, uh, yeah, not, not a whole lot of Deadpool. He's always, like... Uh, you know, I've watched, like, both the movies, but 
don't know. I, I've liked them in video games and stuff um, when I was younger, but I don't know. Just never got super interested by them. But if the comic's good, I'll, I'll, I'll read it. Yeah. And then last few with, uh, it was really cool in January. I don't know if you've heard of Heartstopper. It's like a young adult graphic novel, like a graphic novel with um, written, by Anna, written and drawn by Alice Osman. And there was a Netflix show adapting it out last year. But I found out in January that there was going to be a hardcover edition, like a special nice book, and it, and it came out, the first one at least, on my birthday, February 2nd, so that was a really fun um, book to, to, have, to have it presented in that way, and to like revisit it, because it was originally a webtoon, and then it sort of got um, put into like graphic novels, and now I was at the show, and, and, and the special edition hardcover, so I'm excited to get the the rest of those throughout the year and if it's a quite like a cute but still like slightly serious elements to it mm. that the sort of like young adult um like lgbtq plus like books because then it's cool because it's not just about them as as like gay characters because then they gay guys because then they bring in other um characters as, as they go on like a lesbian couple and like a trans character that so it's quite nice how Alice handles that representation and again how she handles it as they went into adapting it for the show so I definitely recommend trying out both the, the show and the book if anyone hasn't already and is, would be interested would you um say the name of the book was again Heartstopper Heart... I swear I've heard of that one before yeah I, I mean if it's sort of a an, uh, you might have had it with like the buzz around the Netflix show and oh yeah, I found out on uh, Comicsology, yeah. And sort of carry on the theme about LGBTQ plus novels, where uh, I read the first volume of Crowded, which I'd heard a lot of good things about from Image Comics, and by Christopher mm-hmm. Sabina, Sabina, right, out by Rose Stein and Ted Brandt, and that, that that was like a really entertaining read. And the art was quite nice and stylistic, where it sort of had like again so much energy within it and like how, how the action was conveyed and it's um, yeah and it's, it's about 10 minutes into the future the world runs on an economy of job shares and apps like reaper a platform for legal assassination when they apparently average charlie and this wakes up one day to find out she's the target of a million dollar reaper campaign when she hires vita the lowest rated bodyguard on the defend app now with all of the angeles hunting charlie she and vita want to figure out who wants her dead or why what the campaigns Days all their lives are over, and so they don't get paired together like this. There is maybe like a friendship, and then like the romantic element that's sort of developing. And the it's one of those examples of sort of like casual representation where yeah, like uh, Vita is sort of talked about like her ex girlfriends, and 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 also of course the coloring by the mentioned Trion O'Farrell and lettering by Cardinal Ray. With I don't know, it's just always fun when they when I mean we talked about it earlier, but like the image comics to have these like unique um stylistic aspects to it which are always entertaining to experience yeah. and just makes them stand out we've already talked about um jeff and the mayor Danny one johnson already but just the last two books to mention over the last couple of months of maysburg and murder falcon and i know maysburg was lots of people's favorite book of 2021 must have been when, when it came out I've read uh, I've read Murder Falcon, but I haven't. What, what was the name of the other one? Maze something. Maze book. Dark Horse Comics. Jeff the Mayor. Oh, I haven't I haven't heard of that one. I'll, I'll have to see it. But yeah, I read Murder Falcon though. That that was great. Yeah, Maze book was more um like, like I suppose like a lot of the mere work like a character um study that was 
and there, there, there was just like a sort of like a quiet like melancholiness to it with the artwork and how it was conveyed and how, how it was executed and it, it, it's another one that's hard to describe but it's like definitely worth check out it, it, a bit like murder falcon will probably make you cry by the end but it, yeah i suppose they not think about it they have some similar themes but yeah i mean murder falcon is, is the last book to talk about as wild i mean seeing daniel johnson and mike spicer on art alone is always a treat but then having you know, like his writing and the, again like the ideas present there and held there they're so wild and again it was so emotional and crying by the end and like for, for the most of it i i mean it was it was emotional but it, it wasn't like too emotional and then like the end of the like towards the end of the, the final issue I, I was like full-on tearing up so yeah it, it, the book got me in the end but such, such a great read it was i'm, I'm glad i got went to um go back and finally read it because i know it was quite an acclaimed work of his Especially in the nice, like, deluxe edition. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. Is there, you know, is there anything else you want to um, say or just talk about or promote while, while you're here before we wrap up? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, other than just, uh, I mean, I've, I've talked about a lot on this podcast, but the um, all the massive verse stuff for anyone like looking into uh, any image comic to get into or any cell phone stuff uh that stuff's always good but yeah i think i think that's it for me for um comics and all that that i've read this month or uh past two months well uh, yeah. yeah i think yeah thank you for coming on i hope you've been hope you've enjoyed and you know, i hope you've been listening i've enjoyed and yeah again i'm glad we could arrange this yeah it was a it was an awesome podcast i'd love to do it again in the future sometime yeah that'd be great yeah thank you and yeah and have a nice rest of your day yeah you too Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Unfortunately, that's all we got time for on this episode. I want to thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review the show five stars wherever you're listening. I would really appreciate it. If you want to keep up to date on new episodes, please subscribe. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email the show at joetalkscomics at gmr.com. You can find the podcast on Twitter at joetalkscomics. And finally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at joelovescomics where we can continue talking comments. That's all for now, and I hope to see you next time. Bye!